welcome to the bus podcast i'm your host luca and this is my co-host holly hi and we are doing our season seven reaction podcast and we will be reacting to episodes four out of the past and five a trout in the milk which is definitely one of the stranger episode titles <laughs> that the show has had <laughs> yeah it's but. it was it was very funny every time he said that still I know, every time he said that, I was like, I love how everyone was just like, what? Because <laughs> it's just so weird. Uh, okay, so, yeah, let's get rolling. So we are going to probably react to four first and then five, because that makes logical sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, what what do you think about episode four, which was the flashback episode well, flashback <laughs> the, isn't the word for it, but... The black and white episode. Yeah, the black and white old school episode. It totally fucked me up, uh, <laughs> because I didn't... Because I, it, didn't, it didn't really do for me, the whole black and white aesthetic. Um, similar to like, a lot of the kind of old-timey aesthetics that they've been using so far haven't really done it for me. I did, I did find the Coulson kind of like noir detective monologue uh really fun um mm -hmm. but the black and white was more distracting for me than anything like just visually mm -hmm. but fucking when they when they ended the episode and it turned out that it was all because Coulson got fucking zapped <laughs> by the emp or whatever i was so upset <laughs> but in the best way because yeah you and I were both stressing the fuck out over like that whole like eye changing color thing. It turns out that it just uh, oh, it just meant that he was in noir detective mode now. I guess. Yeah, I just like when they revealed that I was like, they totally fucking played us because this show has has worked so goddamn hard to make every reveal like that like the worst thing in the world, and this time they were just like, actually no, he just got a little bit knocked around. <laughs> yeah. When they when I, I missed the beginning of that episode because uh, I was making a snack or something. But when I watched it back, the fucking first lines of that episode are Coulson basically saying, basically yeah. setting that up. That that it was just because he got knocked around. Because I think the line was like, um, "The color bled from the world," and I could hear my thoughts like rattling around in my head or something like that. And it's just like fucking hell like i cannot yeah, I know. believe it's so oh. funny that they literally just used it as a bit to bring in the black and white and the inner monologue and yeah. i they i think they're doing it again with Gemma. i think that's what's going on with her but we'll get to that a little bit later yeah yeah um but yeah i i love Souza just being like so out of his league <laughs> with the team and like the time travel stuff and he's just like what is going on yeah yeah i i kind of talked was talking about this last episode i believe but i am starting to really really like susa um mm -hmm. he's quickly becoming like a favorite of mine in terms of just like um like multi-episode guests people because i don't know how long he's gonna stay on but this is the last season <laughs> regardless so even if it's the end of the season it's not that long. Um, yeah, yeah, he's really... I, he's a great character in um, Agent Carter, and I'm very glad that they brought him into S.H.I.E.L.D. 
um, because he was one of the best parts of that show. Yeah, I think I think a, a part of me feels it feels like I don't know what I imagine there was some sort of logistical thing that prevented it from happening, but I imagine because like I imagine they would have wanted to get like like Peggy in it if they could have. Yeah. Um, Someone commented on one of Haley William who plays Peggy Carter's posts and asked if she was going to be on and she was like nope <laughs> so yep. I, I don't know if she just literally said no or yeah what, that's but... yeah um, but yeah part of me feels like I don't know because again I don't really know Peggy outside of the MCU movies um but I think it would have been really cool to have her on uh I don't know if she'd because Sousa, Sousa's chemistry with the rest of the team feels very natural in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Even though he's his like, own pre-existing character. But I'm not sure Peggy would would fit as well. Even though yeah. I think I like her character more just like as a baseline. I think that... Yeah, I don't... I think she's just too big of a character to like play second fiddle to anyone in the show yeah um so i think that like as much as i would love to see her make an appearance i think that it would have to be just an appearance like she did in like season two um when she had that uh, that quick cameo with whitehall or whatever yeah yeah it would have to be more along the lines of that i think yeah so i would like to see one of those but it sounds like we're not gonna get one yeah, I think they probably tried, and it just didn't work out. So unfortunate. God, there's so much stuff in these like two episodes, like fucking all the shit with May. We kind of like got sorted out in these two episodes. Well, yeah. sorted out is in quotes because like we know what's going on, but <laughs> I don't know yeah. if it's sorted out. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they went with this like impact situation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I saw that coming. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I coming. did not see it coming at all. Um, but it's just like, it's such a fascinating twist because, you know, May's story really like starts at least for us with her having to kill a child who is also like an empath. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think it's a very, and I don't think the showrunners did that on accident. I mean, it's obvious that they thought about that because that's one of her big keystone moments. Yeah. So it's just, it's just interesting that she is now like an empath herself. Yeah. The other thing that's very interesting to me about that in terms of like, I think May is probably the most interesting character to be kind of empathic in this way. Because um, this whole team is very, like, emotive. Like, they all are very kind of, like, outward about, like, how they're feeling and, and about any given time. With the exception, I would think, say, for May. Like, she ha- definitely has, um, like, lots of emotions and expresses them in her own way. But she's never she's never as outward with them. She's always very controlled about her emotions mm-hmm. and has, like, a grasp on them where like this is is very much like taking 
it's a weird thing because it's it's at it's at the same it's at one on one hand taking away her control over her own emotions because she doesn't have any emotions and her emotions are basically at the whim of people around her but she does have a lot of control over it in terms of just like making sure like like allowing or disallowing physical contact you know Mm -hmm. like making sure to avoid it or do it on purpose Mm -hmm. but like yeah i think it's a super interesting position for her to be the one that now understands emotion like the best but it's kind of sad like it's sad that they took away all of her emotion you know yeah yeah that's the really that's the thing that's really fucking me up the most because I think I it didn't it didn't dawn on me until there's that scene where she like walked past uh Coulson and touched him on the mm-hmm. shoulder and just like I still feel nothing because like fuck like all of that because regular Coulson is dead and May doesn't have any emotions so of her own so like yeah on one hand, it's like a blessing, I think, because she doesn't have to grieve again and deal with the complicated emotions that obviously seeing Coulson again would have. Yeah. Up, but at the same time, like, uh. <laughs> yeah, but like between the two of them, I mean, I guess, I guess Chronicom Coulson would still have some of those feelings, but like between two of them, like the love that, well, I guess the love that May has for Coulson specifically is just gone now unless they can figure out a way to get those emotions back like she knows intellectually that she loved colson but she doesn't feel it yeah it's it's definitely like such a weird situation for may because like i mean her attachment to everyone is just like gone Mm -hmm. which is just wild yeah it's that's the interesting thing that i'm interested in how they characterize it going forward because we haven't seen a lot of it so far Mm -hmm. and i could see it as a thing where just like is it a thing where she feels somebody else's emotions specifically or does like she does she experience those emotions from her perspective if that makes sense you know like Mm -hmm. if she if she touches somebody who's like infatuated or whatever would would she like regain her own infatuations or would she feel the other person's like specific? Feelings? I think it's interesting because like we see her in the fifth episode with that creepy, like horny guy. <laughs> I think and, it like, was like general stoner too, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's just, it's interesting because like she flirted back when he flirted with her. Mm hmm but like it was it obviously wasn't genuine like she didn't feel anything real it was yeah. just like a reflection yeah it's uh it's this is going to just be like increasing because like empath empath stuff is already like very fraught territory when it comes to like th- like uh, it's like the the themes that it kind of wrestles with um and it's just going to get like more and more messy i feel mm-hmm. definitely and like i mean a big part of me wonders if there if she's not going to catch on to whatever the fuck is brewing with Gemma. um considering she has like a a like a link to that now yeah 
Like, if she touches Jim again, she's going to feel, like, the panic, the the confusion, I guess, for, for Gideon and all that. Yeah, I'm... I'm very, very interested to see what direction this goes in because it feels like it's, it feels like it's headed somewhere because, like one time because they explain it that it's like a lingering effect of her, kind of traveling to that other dimension at the very end yeah. of last season, but we're all the way past that stuff now, so or at least it seems that way. So I hope we are. Fuck. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> So I'm we'll interested to see where it leads, if it leads anywhere, because it feels like, because it feels like a kind of like a the comic book hero origin story bullshit, blah blah blah, where this thing mm-hmm. happened and that she has like empathic abilities or whatever. But this is the last season, so I can't imagine that they're just going to kind of like say that that's it and then just leave it be. And she has these abilities now without it coming to some sort of head. Yeah. I feel like it has to, and I just don't know what that head is at this point. Yeah. Because it's we just we like just found out about it and they didn't super talk about it a lot in episode five. Yeah. Um so it's definitely an interesting question. Yeah. And I worry a lot about May. Same. I'm very interested because like May is one of my favorite characters of all time and yeah. having this happen to her is just super interesting for me just because in terms of like how she deals with her emotions normally and how that's been like removed from her along with her emotions um yeah because i imagine she viewed that as one of her like biggest strengths is just being able to have a handle on the situation no matter what and now she just doesn't um which is oh boy it's gonna that's gonna be a fun time i'm sure yeah and, like, she even makes reference to it in 5 when she's talking to Coulson and she's like, I'm just, like, waiting to feel anything at all. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Feels bad, man. Um, yeah, and then poor Enoch. I know, my boy. He just gets left behind. I know. I was just, like, throughout that whole thing, I was so sad for his just, like, increasing, like, like, just, like, down like how he just got more and more down i was just like please everyone just like hang out with Enoch for a bit like just does this like call him up be like hey i appreciate you mm-hmm. <laughs> he just got so sad i was like oh where's Vince? Yeah. what do you need him and when that like because like the last thing that we saw of enoch before episode before he showed up in episode five was them was him just being super sad and like saying that like I'll always be alone, and then when they went to the bar in episode five and he wasn't there, I was like, oh no, did he just leave? <laughs> and I was so, so worried. And then he fucking showed up in the car, and it was so good. I love Enoch. Except I maybe don't love Enoch anymore because what the fuck is he doing to Gemma? Yeah, I mean, I have some theories, TM. Um... Yeah, so I've heard. <laughs> Do you want to just get into episode five now, unless there's anything else you want to talk about in four? I think so. I I, don't, I think we can just kind of like hop back and forth. All right. So the thing about Gemma. <laughs> so, I'm so excited. Obviously, we saw her with whatever the heck is in her neck. And it was weird because like the thing that really triggered everyone to 
like realizing that she was forgetting is that Deke referred to Fitz as Bobo and she like like didn't remember <laughs> that was his name. Yeah. And considering Deke had called him Bobo like in the first or second episode of this season and she was like she didn't like it didn't affect her like she knew who he was talking about is worrying. <laughs> yeah. And so I at first I was like is she an LMD? Is she a Chromacon? Like, is the real Gemma somewhere else, like, locked up wherever Fitz is? Like, what is Enoch evil? Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is definitely all thoughts that you're supposed to be having. But so after the episode ended, I was kind of doing my normal route around on the internet. <laughs> and... The prevailing theory seems to be that Gemma is... That's the real Gemma. It's the Gemma we know. Um, but that thing in her neck is a memory suppressor. Specifically targeted at memories of Fitz. Mm. And the reason she was forgetting all of a sudden is because Enoch hadn't been with her to like tune it up or whatever. Um, so she was forgetting more than she bargained for, which she didn't like. Yikes. And dovetailing on that theory, because the person who came up with that theory, I think, originally, is the same person who has been ride or die for Fitzsimmons having a secret child <laughs> <laughs> that Fitz is with and they're hiding. Because she was like, it doesn't make any sense for her to have to suppress her memories of Fitz because she doesn't know where Fitz is right now. Like, nobody knows. But it would make sense for her to be suppressing those memories if there was something that she really wanted to hide. Hence, Secret Child. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I buy that Secret Child theory. It's been pinging around for a couple episodes now. Yeah. Um, but it is an interesting note that I don't know why she would be suppressing her memories of Fitz to the degree that she would forget, like, his nickname. Um, if it was just to protect from the Chromacons. And there was another mention of Deke's mom in this episode. Um, yeah. Out of sort of left field, which was weird. So. Yeah, that was a very good scene. I love... I love scenes with Deke interacting with Fitz and Simmons. Yeah. Um it's all like his his weird like attachment to them is great because <laughs> like they are his grandparents and he like treats them like his grandparents even though they're like only slightly older than him yeah. it seems and it's just it's very good um, it's so funny i love how um when daniel got in his face got in Gemma's face later on he like went into total attack mode and was like get the fuck off my grandma mm -hmm. it's <laughs> that was so hilarious. funny and um, I love especially how Fitz and Simmons are both like, I don't really know how to deal with you. <laughs> yeah, because like, that's the thing is that he's very familiar and like, or not familiar, but he acts very familiar with the two of them. Um, whereas they're just like, I, I guess you're my grandchild, but like, I don't know how to, it, like, this is weird for us. Is it not weird for you? Yeah. Because like, I mean, like you said, I mean, Deke is like the same age as them, basically. Mm -hmm. and they've known him for like i don't know how long but not very long <laughs> and in that time he was like half the time he was like trying to 
they didn't know if he was evil or <laughs> what. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, actually, I'm your grandson. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just confusing all around. But so that's uh, kind of I think that's kind of where I've fallen is that there's nothing as serious as we were originally thinking with Gemma. It's just like. It's another one of those, like, like I was saying, like with Coulson, like they set it up to be this big ominous thing, but in reality, it's just like a red herring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the interesting thing, um, is that I never thought. I my first instinct wasn't to think like LMD or this wasn't the real gem or anything like that. I did my first thought was some sort of like cybernetic implant or something mm. like that. Um, but I had no idea what for, but the, the interesting thing that I thought is that, oh, this is, it seems like they're doing a thing here, like between this and between the May stuff, it seems like they're doing something interesting with like giving each character like a thing, it seems mm -hmm. like in terms of like something that's happening to them specifically in their bodies or their minds or something like that, because so far, like everyone's just been kind of like normal people throughout the like entire show or at least there are some have, who have kind of like like may's always just been like a normal person um same with Gemma and fitz uh and mac but like like daisy is quake and elena is yo-yo and and like colson's a, like a robot now and stuff mm -hmm. like that but now may's an empath like Gemma has some sort of like cybernetic shit going on and it, yeah it just seems interesting that they're giving like I don't think this is a this is going to be a thing where like oh now it's a team of superheroes or anything like that but it seems it's interesting to me that they're giving each person their own thing in terms like just in terms of like their bodies or their minds that's just like a strange thing that's not quite normal yeah like especially normal. with like Elena with her arms yeah, yeah. Um, or not her arms. Well, I guess her arms, but also, like, not being able to use her abilities. Um, And then Mac, I don't really know. I guess there's not really been a thing yet with Mac specifically, but. No, no. But, yeah, it it is interesting because it, it is the very comic book thing to do to, like, as time goes on, just, like. And, like, shit happens to characters that they kind of, like, accumulate bullshit about themselves. Yeah. Um, but it seems interesting that that hasn't really happened for a lot of the characters. Like, I think the person that's happened to the most has probably been um, uh, Elena. Like you said, like, she like she started off as, like, a revolutionary who then got superpowers, who then joined S.H.I.E.L.D., who then, like as like part of this like special unit and then became like part of the team and then got her arms chopped off and yeah. got like robot arms and stuff like that. And she's just, she's probably like accumulated the most, but it seems like, like everyone else is kind of just getting their bullshit. I don't know how to best to describe that other than it's just like bullshit happening to them that they just yeah. kind of carry with them. Like just like bullet points added to their like, like a fucking marvel wiki page yeah pretty much um which it's interesting that they're doing all of it like now at the end yeah oh fuck can i talk about deke <laughs> yeah you can talk about deke 
because fucking episode four introduces the galaxy brain idea that him and Atlanta should team up, (laughs) which is just the most like I would have. It's like one of those things where just like I love like weird combos of people who like you'd never think would be um, in like a partnership, like in any sense of the word, like a team up sort of deal. Yeah. And I think Elena and Deke is probably the most galaxy brand one we've had for a while. Um, because the fucking thing that we get is we get them having this conversation in a car in episode four where they're talking about how all the sexism and racism and stuff <laughs> in the past is shitty and how they can't really do anything about it. And um, Elena makes this his fucking comment that's just like ages of the status quo which fucking made me lose my mind when i heard that because that's just been what the fuck i've been saying this whole podcast (laughs) during the rewatch section because like like she makes it she makes the comments like under the assumption that like that's what they're doing now whereas in the past they haven't been yeah which i think just kind of goes to show the the kind of like a lot of the ignorance I think this show has for what it is and the story that it's telling, like on a thematic level, because mm-hmm. they have been agents of the status quo. They've always returned to some <laughs> sort of like status quo of shield being this like over like arching, like shadow organization or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it, first of all, it's wild to me that they, that, that, yeah, one, they would say that here as if that hasn't been what they're doing there for, all along but two that i would set into motion <laughs> this fucking wild radicalization of of elena and deke well elena's yeah. already kind of a radical but like fucking like stupid white privilege deke <laughs> over here just fucking going off and it's just oh my god like it, they're just the slow escalation of it too well it's not that slow because it happened over the course of two episodes but like Deke just getting more and more frustrated and Elena kind of like kind of like stoking that anger in a like a real way. Not in like a like a manipulative sense or anything. No, just it's kind just of like, like just, just be like, like validating it. And yeah, like, like just be like, Yeah, man, this is like the deal. Um <laughs> it's always been this way. And and the two of them agreeing to like do something about it, which is one hell yeah. Um, but then it fucking ends with Deke shooting Malik at the chest, which I, <laughs> I know. was yelling. It was, it was so good. I oh. That part I did not see coming at all, which is funny Mm-mm. because I feel like I should have seen it coming. But it's it's just, yeah, I, I never expected to see Deke with Elena at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially after, like just everything that went down when they first met Deke, and now it's, like, just, like, teaming up buddy cop style going out. Yeah. God, yeah, I have a bunch of, like, jokes that I've written in my, <laughs> in my notes about Deke being radicalized. It's just, like, Deke threw the first stone in the communist time river, and Elena told him to do it. Oh, my God. Deke really is the Antifa though. super soldier they warned us about. <laughs> I can't believe White guilt is knowing you could have shot baby Hitler in the face and didn't. A true comrade is the one who shoots old man American <laughs> Hitler in the face. <laughs> okay, can we also, sorry, can we also talk about how terrible the aging makeup was on Freddy? I know. it. 
oh god like that's the other thing too is that fucking we called so many or like we called so many shots in our first spoiler cast that we did and then in the second one we were just like well i guess we were all wrong about all of those <laughs> and then fucking four episodes four or five happened and all of our predictions are <laughs> true again and are on I the know. table like fucking I... freddy's back and it's just it's so much more interesting than the comics. it's so much more interesting and i i, I just like I have no attachment to these Chromacons. I have zero attachment to the seer or whatever that they keep referencing. Like, if she shows up and, like, tries to make a thing of it, I'm going to be like, I don't know who you are, lady. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, don't care. <laughs> yeah. And I want to care, but I just can't. <laughs> uh, I really... It looks like Freddy's son from the teaser and the photos that got released. I don't know if you saw those. Um the the uh, they put out like promotional photos like every I didn't. episode or whatever. But it looks like Freddy's son is going to join in on the bad side. So maybe we'll get a more interesting villain. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing too is that I think out of all of the villains that we've gotten so far this season, like his son, I think it's Nathaniel is it I Nathaniel's so. the one who died and Gideon was the one who lived um but yeah because like that's the thing is that they like the Chronicles kind of fucked with the timeline enough to like in Freddy's favor so he lived like three years longer than he was supposed to and his son that yeah. died is still alive and fuck he just makes my skin crawl <laughs> in like every possible way like it's like, I thought there was a moment when he first showed up where he was kind of, like, a little bit mousy, where I was just like, oh, is this going to be a thing where he's, like, his family's Nazis, but he's, like, the one good one or whatever? But nope. nope. He is he is the biggest fucking creep. Like, the, the scene where he gets on the phone and talks about Whitehall at the end of the of episode five was just, like, oh, my God. It just set off all of my alarm bells in terms of just, yep. like, him saying, just, like, like yeah he like because he's he's talking like because he 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 mentioned he refers to white hall as like a guy with a real mind comp vibe going on or something like that mm -hmm. and i'm just like like fuck you can't just like say shit like that like you're not also that like fuck off my dude mm -hmm. you are just as much of a nazi as the rest of them and uh, I, like not not even to mention the fact that it seems like he wants to cut open Daisy on a dissecting table yep. and just like transplant her, her organs into him so he can get superpowers like I want you to know that that's exactly what the uh, the preview photos were was him in front of an operating table uh, so get ready for that one I, I some people were throwing around the idea that he doesn't know who quaked him um because there wasn't like a clear shot, and I, they were like, "Is it gonna? Is he gonna think it was Souza?" And I was like, "That's an interesting idea." It's Hated interesting... it for Souza. <laughs> yeah, it's not great for Souza, but like also, oh, God, like I, I don't think that's what they're going to do. Like, they, uh, but on the other hand, they did seem to make a pretty big deal, like in terms of just like the camera angles that they shot during that scene, where just like that he didn't get a good, a good like shot yeah like, like daisy kind of comes in from behind and quakes him yeah like um, the the camera angle that they did shows like a down from the stairs and like the dudes get quaked in from off screen so yeah. 
so that could be the thing like like i'm a little bit conflicted about that because part of me is just like oh i would much prefer it for it to be seuss on the on the table than daisy because don't put my girl through that kind of shit again um but at the same time like i i think just in terms of like pure villainry i think it would it would fuck me up more if it was daisy yeah because like fuck that like it like the whole Whitehall thing with um uh god what was her name uh jaying jaying yeah like that just like makes me i still hate thinking about that just in terms of like how invasive and gross it is yeah um and for that to be daisy on the on the table of that and the other guy being this fucking like nazi piece of shit is just i hate it um and i can't wait for them to 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 (laughs) write the time stream and kill this motherfucker yeah i totally agree with that one because oh my god freddy i see and this is why freddy is like such an all-around better villain because i like actively hate freddy like Mm -hmm. i hate him i hate his sons like and then i look at the chromicons and i'm like i feel like little to nothing about you people yeah (laughs) like yeah i mean you're bad and like you've done some fucked up shit or whatever but like you just don't like there's no emotion at all obviously yeah it's just so hard to care (laughs) about anything they do yeah yeah that's the thing is that i guess i guess our prediction about freddie being mid-season film was kind of wrong because he's dead now but you know i'm still i'm I'm still willing to say we called that one and we weren't totally wrong i think we called that i think we at least called him coming back and being like a presence because he was there for a couple episodes so yeah um he had an interesting relationship with deke and then he killed uh yeah freddie so yeah, I I didn't I didn't even really pick up on that until like midway through season five that Deke had did feel this like deep sense of responsibility for Freddy, um, in terms of like being the one who was pointing a gun at him. Yeah, I being think the it... one who like saved his life and then being the one who kind of like met him face to face in the thirties or whatever it was. The yeah, 50s. Um, I think he just really. Like, he was t- talking to Elena in the car. I think he just, like, really, like, hates the oppression that he sees. <laughs> Which is so interesting for someone as self-absorbed as I think Deke is. <laughs> yeah. Like, Deke's characterization this season has been, has been like, really interesting. Because he has just been fairly quickly, um, but gradually, like, just radicalized. In terms of just, like, I am going to do what I feel is the right thing. Like, yeah. regardless of, like how drastic or violent it is like it's just like oh no like i had an opportunity to do something and it it didn't feel good in the moment because i was killing somebody but like fuck if i didn't regret it afterwards then i'm not going to to let myself do that again yeah and i think yeah i don't know it's just interesting yeah and it... i i still seesaw back and forth if i like deke as a character yeah yeah that's a that's the other thing too is that i'm not sure i do i do like it that it's deke because i think deke is the one who who has the most room to grow from that and for specifically um i think i would have liked to see it from somebody who's a little bit more by the book originally 
that I think yeah. that would also be interesting. Like if it was somebody like Mac who is slowly realizing like, oh no, we need to pull the trigger on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, like that could be interesting, especially with his relationship with Elena, who is the one who's kind of like pushing Deke in that direction. Um, but I, I do, I always like Deke um, for better or worse. Uh, and I do, I do find it interesting that it's happening to him specifically because he has this kind of like, he has this kind of tendency to be very, um, uh, to make very brash decisions in the moment and yeah. to like get very heated about them very quickly. Um, especially like, like about the, like regret, either regretting the decisions that he made or like standing by them. Because, uh, like, there was that moment in the temple at the end of last season where he just fucking, like, hits the button on the teleporty blink yep. thing. Because um, he gets, like, super mad about it. Which, like, Deke is a character who has, like, a lot of anger. And to see that anger kind of, like, be directed at, like, shit that's happening in the world is really interesting. Because I don't think a lot of other characters have a lot of that kind of, like... Like, very, like present anger i feel like a lot of them are like angry but they've kind of like learned to like deal with it i think daisy mm -hmm. is one who like is very angry all the time but kind of just like like has it simmering whereas deke is like either just like totally chill or like fucking boiling mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know i think it's also interesting to see that side of elena because i had basically totally forgotten that she was a revolutionary <laughs> until like this season kind of like reminded me of that side of her yeah she had like she kind of like set it on the back burner in the last couple seasons but i mean it's definitely come out full force again and being like mm -hmm. hey i am angry <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and i like, will fuck shit up yeah and like understanding that there are like methods to to change this stuff and they're not always peaceful you know yeah which is so relevant right now it's uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it's crazy but i mean it's funny how every time someone like talks about quarantine or wears a mask i'm just like oh yeah that's the thing is that they filmed this one like over a year ago they, wrapped they filmed up it directly after they filmed season six yeah and they wrapped up filming like pretty quickly uh yeah. scene. so like Fuck. it's been yeah. a while <laughs> they been like two years at least yeah there's like almost no way they could have seen any of this coming and yet oh, like no. fucking like the it's just all a lot of it just feels like so like oof. this is this is hitting in a way in 2020 that it yep. was would not have hit when they filmed this yeah it's it's kind of crazy how all this stuff is like still so super relevant. Yeah. Um, even more like obviously it's always been relevant, but like it really hits when the entire country is like in an uproar over racial violence and police killings. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it's it's definitely something. Yeah. I guess the other thing that I'm kind of worried about with this like as much as I really find this like this kind of like radical action thing that they're doing like really interesting um i am kind of worried 
of what the kind of like messaging is going to be around it going forward because i because it definitely seems like they're setting up just like of like the idea of like this kind of like mounting frustration that culminates in like taking very direct and drastic action but i'm worried that there i mentioned this just to kind of like pull the curtain back a bit luke and i talked about episode four individually and then we decided to scrap that recording because it wasn't great um but i'd mentioned that i wasn't sure about the messaging about it because i was wondering if it was going to be something like oh maybe there's no real outcome or it's not worth doing or something like that but i think what i'm worried about now is less like that the messaging is going to be like oh doing the right thing like this isn't isn't worth it or isn't going to do anything or something like that but uh the thing that i'm worried about doing is that they're going to do a thing that's just like oh the consequences of doing it are like too dangerous and so you should stick to like more like like um not incremental but like careful action and like less like drastic and violent and stuff like that um because they seem to the impression that i got from elena and everyone like when deke pulled that trigger is that this is going to do some bad shit to the timeline yeah that they killed malik which could which wasn't the impression that i got because the way i thought it was about it is that malik is supposed to be dead at this point anyway but i'm worried that if they do just like oh deke's gonna regret that action because it fucked shit it made shit even worse or whatever um and that it turns out to like they start characterizing that moment as like a bad thing that he shot malik and not like a good thing that he did it but there's some consequences that we need to deal with because of it i'm i'm worried about how they're gonna play that one but i i'm i'm hopeful <laughs> i think i think it's just it's this situation is so specific though i feel like it it's only read for me at least in the context of we can't change anything because we're in the past like, because I think that conversation with Elena and Deke was specifically talking about, like, you have the power to change things, like, right now. Like, you as a viewer. Um, instead of, like, like waiting and, like, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, personally, I didn't take it that way. Um, and I don't think, I mean, it seems unlikely to me that that would be the overall message. Yeah. yeah. Especially given I know the creators of this show are very strong advocates for like Black Lives Matter and stuff. So it seems weird that they would just like <laughs> be like, "Oh, don't do that." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I'm worried that it's going to be like a little bit like I'm not I'm not worried that it's going to be like totally fucking like, "Oh, Deke should have shot them." blah blah blah. blah. Like cuz I think I think this direction that they've headed in like that they've headed in this direction at all so is like very interesting and like like it was, i was just like oh wow like this is really really cool actually um uh so i'm not that worried i'm i this is me just being a little bit pedantic i think in terms of like is there going to be a reading that's just like oh he shouldn't have done it at all um yeah which i think i think even among kind of like liberal and like left-leaning supporters is like the idea is like this kind of like hesitance to do anything like super drastic like you're talking about like people who 
who like support black lives matter and stuff like that but like don't support people who like burn cop cars or shit like that you know like or even say like defund the police or whatever yeah yeah exactly like the fucking um uh eight can't wait people and stuff like that you know it's just like oh yeah so i that i think that's more of where my worry is that it's going to kind of like start leaning in that direction but i think i think kind of what we've seen before is just like a kind of is like a very understandable and justified frustration from deke and elena that leads to them taking like action to remedy it um rather than some like unjustified anger uh that it leads to them doing something stupid which is how that could have been characterized and it in and have it basically play out the exact same way um so i i am very i'm pretty impressed i think with how they've handled it so far so i could i hope they keep it up yeah i think they've done a good job with it and i don't see it being a thing where deke and elena are just like roundly punished for their actions or whatever Mm -hmm. because like i think it's like a concern that they killed them but like you said i mean Freddie was supposed to be dead already. Like, Freddie was already dead. Uh, anyway, <laughs> just <laughs> rhyming. And um, so I, I feel like the consequences can't be too big. Yeah. Because there's already been a fuck up in the timeline because he's still alive. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I hope, I hope they stick to their guns and, and stand by. Because I know Elena was kind of taken aback and seemed a little bit upset by it in the moment but i hope i think I it hope was just has. because they didn't i i don't think she knew going into yeah. it that he was gonna kill him and so she was like oh god yeah <laughs> so i i hope she has his back on this one. Oh, i think we i this is just a little small thing but we we i remember we were, when we were making predictions we fucking were talking about what time periods we were going to and like the one thing that we we're basically 100 percent <laughs> sure was that they weren't gonna go to the 70s <laughs> And look where we ended up. Oh god, it's very funny though. I I I was surprised because I was just like the seventies. There's like some like like hallmark aesthetic trappings of that, but there's like not as much as like the like the the kind of bookending decades. And then they did it like super well. I thought like this is probably my favorite one of the time periods we've gone to. I loved the like. Um like 70s sitcom intro i thought that was fucking hilarious it was really really good especially considering i know you haven't seen it but there's a parody called too many cooks which is just like the funniest it's like an adult swim parody of like 70s intros and you should really watch it because it's so funny it's a little dark and like gory but it's hilarious (laughs) the whole time i was watching this i was just like too many cooks too (laughs) many cooks (laughs) oh god i'll have to look that up it, it's really fun. My brother showed it to me when we were quarantined together, and I was just, like, dying. <laughs> but it reminded me of that. Um, yeah, it was... I expected them to either go for the 80s or the 60s, and I think what happened is there's too much going on in the 60s for them to cover in, like, an episode or two. Yeah. And the 80s, I feel like they weren't really going for, like, that vibe necessarily in this episode. Like, it, it's definitely a different vibe. Um, in the 80s yeah i think i think i think the kind of i think there was an understanding that the 80s is is kind of has had its like nostalgia period and that was that was last decade and they've kind of 
move past that a little bit. Like I do, I did enjoy all the stuff that they did with the seventies in this one. Also, they kind of did an eighties thing with the aesthetic trappings of um, last season, mm-hmm. with all like the neon and everything. Um, but yeah, no, I really, I think, like I said this at the end of the episode that we just recorded uh, on Thursday. Uh, or episode five one that won't be out when this one goes out, but I think episode five of season seven might be my fa- one of my favorite episodes of the show. Yeah, it's it's definitely good, mm-hmm. and I really wish that Fitz would come back. <laughs> I know I like this is this very much feels like a thing at this point because my impression of it when we were talking about the fact that he wasn't a full cast member anymore was that oh he's going to be off doing his own thing and we'll check in on him like every once in a while the team will check in on them every once in a while and he'll be like running support and it'll pop in like every couple of episodes but it it feels like they're doing it the other thing where they're just like he's just not going to be in it until like a specific moment and then he's going to be in it for a little bit and then he's not going to be in it anymore i agree i think and I think um, it's coming hopefully soon because this thing with Gemma has like reached a new level of alarm mm-hmm. this episode. And obviously her arc is tied to Fitz's. And so I'm yeah. hoping, I don't think it's going to happen next episode just based on the preview and the pictures. But maybe the tag of next episode, please. <laughs> I miss him so much. I know. It's gonna be halfway through the season next episode which is fucking wild to consider yeah god so we'll see where when if fitz shows up again because yep yeah yeah just i miss my boy and i miss and i miss i think Gemma is like really really (laughs) going through it too yeah so Kind of need that to sort itself out. Uh, do you have any more stuff you want to add? Uh, not off the top of my head about the episodes. Do we want to make predictions? Um, yeah, I don't know if I have too many predictions aside from the thing about Gemma. Yeah. Um, having the memory suppressor, at least. I don't know. I'm still not sold on the secret kid thing, but I think the memory suppressor is a pretty good shout because May could still feel her emotions. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm definitely in the in the this is the real Gemma, and she has some sort of cybernetic implant that is fucking with her head that Enoch has to like keep up, and that he only he's the only one who really knows about yeah. it. If Gemma, I mean Gemma seems to know about it, but she just doesn't have any. I I don't know. I'm very. I mean, I think it's just probably far too advanced for her like it's it's definitely like trauma contact because that yeah. thing is straight on her spinal cord <laughs> yeah that's the other thing too is that but like the other thing is that she she didn't seem to be aware of what was happening or that like there was this thing that was causing it because she didn't know she didn't seem to understand what was going on but it wasn't that might have just been a case where like it had gotten to the point where she had like lost any sort of like awareness of the situation well um, and it could be also a they could be doing that ambiguous thing specifically to fuck with us because yeah like like i said they did it with colson like two episodes ago um and b 
it's it when you listen to her talk about it she's just like i don't know what's happening i'm forgetting too much um so it seems like she knows that she's supposed to be forgetting certain things but she is also aware now that she's forgetting too much so yeah it's, it's not gelling with her yeah i th- yeah i definitely think that's that i you that theory that you gave definitely feels like the most likely thing so far uh, that might just be because I can't come up with any ideas of my yeah. own about what else it could be. Um, but yeah, I guess the thing that I'm curious about is if if it's the thing where it's also suppressing memories of that she has a memory suppressor, you know, or if she is cognizant of the fact that she has a memory mm-hmm. suppressor. I can't imagine she's not because, I mean, like, I I can't imagine being Gemma and suddenly forgetting like f- the name that your grandson calls your husband <laughs> and suddenly not thinking that's weird. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that she goes to Enoch and she's just like I don't know what's happening and I don't I guess yeah, I guess that's the thing. I think I I think she is aware of the fact that she has the memory suppressor. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But like I said, other than that, I don't really have any big theories. Um, it, I guess one of the theories that I would have is that Sousa gets mistaken for Daisy. Like, he gets yeah. mistaken for having Daisy's powers. And, like, Daisy has to save him from being cut open. Like, a, <laughs> some sort of horrible Dr. Frankenstein situation. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me wants to make the called shot that like Nathaniel is going to be the mid season like turned main villain. But I mm-hmm. don't know if that's actually true. I don't think I believe it enough to make that called shot. I'm gonna say it just in case it is true and then I can take credit for it later. <laughs> but I'm saying right now that I don't think that's that's going to be it. I mean, considering Sybil or Sable or whatever her name is is still like hovering in the background and I don't think she's going to be a big fixture in this episode. I think that she's still the big baddie out there, which just yeah, does not excite me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we have any predictions on where they're going after this? Are we going to present day? So I think they're still in the seventies next yes. time. Yes. But I don't know after that if they stay i i don't think they stay because we seem to be going in twos um so i'm gonna go ahead and say that they might go to the 90s maybe closer to present day like maybe early 2000s somewhere around there yeah yeah i'm i'm going to i'm going to make the college shot and say that the next place they jump to is like is like late it's like late to mid 2000s because that's like a couple years before season one um Mm -hmm. but still close enough that all of those characters that are alive so we're so i think it's going to be interesting like i think we're going to see there's probably gonna be some stuff with like past versions of everyone and kind of like reminiscing about like oh sky is a hacker in a van and like <laughs> Coulson and May are, are are hanging out or whatever. Um, but I think it also gives opportunities of like have the cameos, like have Ward come back, have Trip come back, have um 
Hunter and Bobby come back for like cameos. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you think they're gonna bring specifically Ward back? I they have to, right? I don't know because they didn't do it last season, and they have found a way every other season but last season, and that was kind of interesting. But like at the same time, like it's the last season, and everyone yeah. loves Brett Dalton, even if they hate Ward. <laughs> yeah, the, this thing is the last season, and they they have been like talking about how the fact that time travel is a way for them to revisit all of Shield's history, and I feel yeah. like you can't talk about Shield's history in the context of the show without Ward. Yeah, I I very much agree, and I would love to see him back because I mean I I love Ward as a character. I hate him as a person. Yeah, God, I can't <laughs> um, believe we're at the point that where we want to see Ward go back. I know. We were just like I, like for the past just, couple seasons, we were just like, no more Ward. Please stop finding ways to bring <laughs> Ward back. But now we're just like, please bring Ward back. I just want a good, compelling villain. Like these Comic-Cons are not doing shit for me. <laughs> I know, I want them to kill Ward one more time. Yeah. Please. Just, like, some cathar- Like, he could just walk into a scene, and someone would be like, oh, fuck this, not again, and just, like, kill him, and it would be, like, the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Like, they should do that. Like, come on, Riders of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, hire me, even though you're not <laughs> around anymore. Not around anymore, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, that would be... Yeah, I want Ward that... to come back. I want Bobby and Hunter to come back, because we had... I like Bobby a lot. I think she's, I I think, like, my nostalgia for Bobby is, like, more than, like, I ever actually appreciated her while she was on S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Um, But, like, I, I'd really like for her to come back, as well as Hunter's just always great. So. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see any and all of those characters. I don't think they're going to bring Trip back. Yeah, I I know that when we talked about this before, I said that I would want Trip back a lot, and I think that they could do it. But the more the closer we get, the more I'm starting to doubt that they'll actually do it. As much as I would like for it to happen. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like Trip is such a fan favorite character, but it's you know he's been removed from the series for however many seasons at this point, so it'd be a little bit hard to bring him back in. Yeah. Um. Oh, and my and I don't think Peggy's gonna show up. I I know that was a popular. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Peggy's gonna come back no. at this point. I'm trying to think if there are any season one villains that could could make an appearance. Uh, I mean, Reina, maybe. Maybe, but that feels like a stretch. That does feel like a stretch. I mean, we can't. Unfortunately, we. We can't have Garrett because yeah. um, the actor who played him is unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Bill Paxton. You were great. Yeah. One of the great villains. <laughs> yep. God, I'm very curious still about that triskelion explosion thing because we have not seen anything that like feels like it would lead to that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be a thing. Like, I am assuming we're going to go to that point in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s history at some point, And we're yeah. going to watch it happen. Oh, yeah. So that's that's why I think we're probably going to go closer to our time. Like, like real time. 
and we're gonna watch the fall of that would be interesting actually is to watch the fall of shield again but maybe from more of an outside perspective and like oh. really fuck with the team because at this point Fitz is getting his brain injury like people are fucking dying all over the place Ooh. Yeah, because we we saw we saw the fall of Shield on the show from a very distant perspective. Like it was it was them all on the bus. It was like Ward and everyone and Garrett going to like some isolated like Shield. It was like the ice box or something like that. Yeah, right? like and they like they remained like very far removed for the most part from any sort of like Shield, um, like centralized operations. So, yeah. like, seeing it from, like, the heart of S.H.I.E.L.D. would be, like, pretty interesting, I think. Like, have a closer to, like, the Winter Soldier perspective on it. Yeah, um, I think that would be fascinating because... Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's, like, probably for every character, except... Well, every season one character. Like, for May, Coulson, Daisy, Gemma. Like, I mean, that was, like, a life-altering event that happened. Yeah. I mean, um, even for even for Mac, because Mac... What's yeah, even for Shield still. Yeah, like all these characters like were affected so directly by the fall. Yeah, that it would be so hard for them to sit back and do nothing. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing too is that like it prevents a, it presents another one of these like kill baby Hitler moments where like could do they stop the fall of Shield if they can? Like I don't even know if that's possible because yeah. there were so many agents that were just like ingrained in the structure that it it's like impossible yeah but yeah so that's my prediction is i think we're gonna see the fall of shield from a more close-up perspective and i think that's pretty much all i have yeah i think so too so i guess we'll bring this episode to a close uh we will be back in next week with our season one episode five um podcast and we will be back in two weeks with our reaction to episode six and seven of season seven um so make sure to tune in for both of those i'm very excited i am very excited i'm hoping 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 <laughs> that, fingers uh, crossed that fitz comes back <laughs> my sweet boy my sweet my sweet son um, but until then we have, I mean, we have, we are going to be watching episode six of season one here soon, which is one of the best Fitzsimmons mm-hmm. episodes. So it'll tide us over until then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but thank you to Abnormal Mapping for hosting our podcast. They're great. Check them out. Do great stuff. Donate to their Patreon. Um, shout out to Mel at Squirrel Curls on Twitter for our lovely podcast art. And thank you, Holly, for co-hosting with me. Yeah. Uh, it's always a lot of fun to do these. Yeah. It's definitely interesting to talk to somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> about each of these episodes. So. Yeah, not just yell at each other over DMs. Yeah, we usually just like scream at each other and instant messaging, which is super fun but (laughs) yeah yeah and we do that anyway so yeah but now we have a more coherent after thought yeah yeah i can talk about things like the police state and radicalization Uh, yeah (laughs) which is always a fun topic yeah 
God, a season episode season four, whatever the fuck, where the the Matrix bullshit. Uh, I can never remember what the name they have for it. Um, that's gonna be a fucking time. Yeah, it is gonna be a time. I can't wait. <laughs> but until then, I've been Luca. Yeah, and I've been Holly. And thank you for listening. Goodbye. We'll see you next time. Bye.